Well, welcome, welcome, Wumbrum, once again to State Reppin'. I am your host, State Representative David Bowen, and my partner in good as the beat bangs, it's Jonathan Brustoff. Hey, State Representative from the 19th. What's the 19th shaking? is in the house. Man, how are, how are you? you? man? I'm good, good. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. It's been a very good, long day. My boy is... Six weeks my old. My boy, today. my boy. You know my that's boy. an actual. That's a track. Hey, it's Wale and J Cole. I think there. That, that's good company. I'll keep it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Uh, in his six week of life and doing fantastic. Nice. Just a little ball of awesomeness. Ball of awesomeness. Growing bigger every day. It's unbelievable. He. I uh, was very happy to meet his uncle David. Hey, and uh, he's uh, just curious and bright eyed and yeah. just awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I got a chance to hold baby Boaz. Yeah, he loved it. You're good with him. He, you got you got a good knack for that. I'm just I'm just glad you got him up on soul music. Like he has an old soul. Already. He loves it. Yeah, he loves it. He's uh, in fact <laughs> earlier today. Uh, he just he could not. Um, I don't know what was going on where he just you know we 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 put him down to go to sleep and he was fed and his diaper was changed. Everything was good. He's just so upset, and we picked him back up, and he just couldn't be consoled. We popped on, you know, Rubber Band Man, you know that song? Oh, yeah. Popped on, uh, popped that on, and, and he, like, listened to it a little bit, and he's, like, calming himself down listening to it, and then his eyes got, like, really wide, and he, like, his mouth opened up a little bit, kind of, like, nodded his head, and then he was just chill as could be after that. Nice. Got the yeah. remix. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's great. So... Yeah, so uh, I do have to say that uh, I, I have some bad, I have some good news and some bad news. For good you, news and bad news. Let's start with the bad news. Well, the bad news is you haven't seen us yet. That is the bad news. The good news is I seen it. You know, I have a bias. Um, it's hard for me to go to the movies unless I know other folks that are going. Hey man, if I'm, I if I if that bro, doesn't happen, then like I bro, just check the, months will pass, and it'll be like I'll never watch that movie. Check the receipts. We're all going. We're 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 bring, it's a group outing. I'm going again. Wait, state repping fans are all going. Well, are, are, is there a state repping outing? I mean, I'm not. First of all, I would say if you have not seen us, do yourself a favor, check it out. It's amazing. It might be the best movie to come out this year. Might be the best movie to come out this decade. It is amazing, but. So it's better than Get Out. I think in some ways it is. Although Jordan Peele passed Get Out. I, I think in some ways it is. Wow. Uh, Get Out, I felt... I just thought that it grossed 70 million. I know. Isn't that amazing? Good grief. In one weekend. <laughs> and, well... It I wasn't w- even like a super early release. It was like a... No, straight up. Pretty much almost Friday, mm-hmm. Thursday night release. Yep, Thursday night, yep. And yeah. um, on top of that, uh, I mean, you know... It's great. I don't want to. I'm not going to get into spoilers on this. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But my oh my, what an amazing, amazing movie! What a great piece of art. I loved Get Out. I felt Get Out was Get Out was as close to a perfect movie as I've ever seen. I feel like he's the Hitchcock of our time in his technical proficiency, and in the same way that Hitchcock never was famous for never quote unquote wasting a frame, so too we see that uh, that level of of just incredible detail from from peel but uh but yeah man i i, I meant more so our our internal group 
you sure. know, one of our group uh, friends' uh, okay. uh, messages. But yeah, check the receipts. We'll, we'll, man, we'll take you out. We're all going. In fact, a bunch of people haven't seen it yet. Or I don't know. As of this taping, we'll see. But it's the sort of movie you want to see. The, the quicker you can see it, then the quicker you can go see it again type stuff. Gotcha. But yeah, it is great. Oh my gosh. And there's stuff, kind of like Get Out. I had to watch it maybe three times to oh, catch late. some of the things in there. Yeah, and this is way deeper than that. And Get Out was deep. Man, I probably oh, got to watch this thing maybe like five times. I'm though. saying, like, for real, for real. And and it was it was just, and the, the, ah, the acting is so good, and the scoring is so good, and, the, like, everything about it is so, is, is just fantastic. All right, so for the folks out there, um, if you had a chance to see uh, or plan to see the movie Get Out, please make sure that you hit us up on social media. Um, is it as good as Jonathan is saying it? Is it... And you should have had been seen Get Out, yeah. but if you haven't seen us yet, definitely go see us. So um, we have our special guest, uh, Dr. Posey, coming in. Um, we're just going to get him set up um, as we're talking. And, yeah, I would also say there's been a lot going on in Madison uh, that we're going to uh, maybe have some time for later in the show. But with our special guest, Dr. Posey, we're probably going to mostly be focused around education um, and get to... Uh, um, a little bit of him and, and what's going on with MPS. Um, but at the state level, there's a lot to talk about. We might have to devote a whole show towards what's happening there because it's budget season and it is wild. Oh, my gosh. Um, and we also have a lot to discuss about uh, what you can do to get involved in the budget. Um, I believe it's April. Let me just double check the date on this. But there's a budget listening session coming uh, all over the state, but uh, including Milwaukee. Um, I believe, is that April 15th, David, do you remember? Let me just double check. You know what? I did just hear uh, from uh, one of our colleagues. Let me see if I can pull is that text up, too. Day? No, not the 15th. What day is that? Um, let me see. I have it right in April my phone. 11th. Oh, it's the 11th. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we don't have the. They haven't decided what the location is or what the time is going to be. But it'll probably be starting around nine or ten a.m. It'll probably go towards a very very late. It'll be in Milwaukee. So mark your calendars. It's a great way to get involved and to let folks know what your priorities for the budget are. Yeah. And um, I also just heard that uh, Governor Evers will hold a budget listening session in Milwaukee on uh the 25th of april oh nice so awesome. more details will be coming out about that as well yep let them yeah. let them know it's your budget yeah welcome welcome how are you i'm wonderful what about you good good i uh, yeah we'll um yeah we'll bring the mic a little oh, closer just in, put uh, it just closer a little there perfect. you go yeah. there you go perfect yeah these are a little dr posley in the house welcome well, superintendent well. of the one of the most awesome school districts in the state in the country in the, the country, let's go. I agree. I want <laughs> a lot of potential. agree. <laughs> let's go. Thank you so much for making time to join us. Thank you. No, it's we my appreciate pleasure. your staff. Yeah, uh, thank they you. They run both. a tight ship. Um, they were able to fit this in, so we're we're excited for the amount of time that you can spend highlighting some of the good things that are happening in NPS. That everybody sometimes doesn't talk about, um, and then just really diving into the details of your leadership and the things that are changing. Yeah, and for those uh, of our listeners who aren't familiar, uh, maybe we can start off by. Uh, just going over your background a little bit and how you got to Milwaukee, and uh, and then we can get into what your plans are and what you see for the future MPS. Okay. First of all, I want to take this opportunity to thank both of you for allowing this opportunity to take place today, and thank you for all the work that you do for Milwaukee's children. 
Uh, you all have just been champions, had an opportunity to sit with the uh, each of you on a number of different ca- uh, occasions and yeah. walk through schools yeah. with you. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Because this is what it's going to take well, we to love make the kids. sure oh, yeah. that uh, we move Jonathan in the right just had direction. A kid. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. We're looking at schools right now, yeah. getting ready. Yeah, absolutely. Six weeks old today. Oh, great. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm a wonderful product. I tell everyone right. to be uh, from the great state of Mississippi, a great place to be from. That's right. That's <laughs> uh, right. Emphasis on from. There you yeah. go. And you go. <clears throat> I come here a little over 29 years ago Okay. to start out as a teacher, started out at Ben Franklin Elementary Get School as a, teacher, as a teacher, first, and then okay. moved forward and became an assistant principal. Okay. Uh, and principal uh, of Clark Street School. Oh, sure. Gotcha. And after being principal of Clark Street School, it became one of the first principal coaches that the district brought forward and then got promoted to uh, leadership specialist okay. with supervised principals. And then I moved into the job as regional superintendent. So I held the job oh, as wow. regional superintendent as well as chief school administration officer before taking this job. And Got I know it. a number of people say, hey, you can't hold a job. <laughs> <laughs> but all the moves were due to promotions. There that's you right. go. That's, that's right. what's up. That's right. No, that's good. awesome. And uh, um, let me ask this. What made you want to get into teaching in the first place? Well, the reason I got into teaching is because the professional people that I encountered on a daily basis were my teachers. Okay. Okay. And so I have uh, had an opportunity to be blessed to work with some great teachers over time. Sure. And this is just something that has been passion for me from day one. And, and, you know, and in my house, I played a leadership role because I was a little older than my siblings. So therefore, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had an opportunity to teach and working with my young people, my nice. uh, younger brothers that were with me at that particular time and, and it just pushed me into this particular piece. I, my mm-hmm. first goal, I wanted to be a physical therapist. And um, someone shared with me that, hey, go and take a class in education. Huh. I had this first class in education, and it was the best thing that ever, ever happened to wow. me. Wow. You got bit and by I've the bug. And I've never looked back. Got bit by the education bug. Yes. Nice. Nice. Now, Dr. Posley, uh, as you are technically... Your first full yes. uh, school year in the role that you hold now. Um, let's talk about like the context that you come into this role. Um, you're, you're no stranger, right? Yeah. You have been around um, and uh, implementing things uh, in a number of our, of our schools. And uh, let's just talk about the context of you coming in and uh, looking at this, this, I would say, a mammoth of a job mm-hmm. uh, to steer one of the well the largest school district in the state uh but one that is looking for uh a way forward uh, to continue uh impacting the lives of, of young people with handling the challenges too i am i first must say that i am truly grateful that i've had some great teachers yeah and followed some great leaders that have done some outstanding things. You learn sure. all of the things to do sure. as well as things not to do. Right, and right. I can truly say that I've been under the tutelage of some great individuals that have prepared me mm-hmm. for this day that uh, I face. Yeah. And But this has been uh, 
a wonderful opportunity. It's been very mm-hmm. rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just excited about the adventure and excited about all of the great things that our young people are able to do and the opportunities sure. that we are able to provide for all of our young people sure. throughout the great city of Milwaukee, as in particular the Milwaukee Public Schools. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great. You sound like more of a politician than us. You're ready to run for office. Let's go. Um, Well, I I want to uh, ask, um, since we're just discussing it, uh, if there's anything in the budget that uh, really stuck out to you or anything you really wanted to highlight in the Evers uh, budget in regard to education this cycle. Yeah, um, that connects to our jobs. Mm -hmm. And I had the honor, the governor asked uh, that I would be on his advisory team on what's best for children. So, nice. and I can truly say that uh, a number of different things that are in the budget that uh, I had some input and nice. uh, was able to share some words around. And I'm oh, nice. just excited about what's there in the budget. I think great things are on the horizon for young people yeah. all over this great state. Well, mm-hmm. And in particular, Milwaukee. And I'm just yeah. excited. There are some things around early childhood education that's mm-hmm. near and dear to the work that we do and near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at that particular piece there. The whole thing around uh, special education funding is there. Gotcha. And we're excited about that. Fully funding for K-4 students. We're excited mm-hmm. about having uh, fully funding for K-4 students. That's a good point. The 53206 initiative is also mentioned in the budget. Just all types of great things for young people. And I think if this budget is passed in its process, uh, I think hmm. children are going to truly be the winners. Now, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, because there is also a sentiment right now politically that uh, this budget process is expendable, that we could just, you know, sit on our hands, not have to move forward with uh, a new budget. We would continue the last one because, frankly, some folks <laughs> are upset that things have changed in Madison. Right. So, um, you know, I do you see some value in, in people really understanding the impact this budget can have? on our kids right here in Milwaukee um, that will be able to make decades of impact moving forward. I'm a truly believer that our children are truly our future and we have to invest in them on the front end mm-hmm. uh, and in a really proactive that. way mm-hmm. other than investing in them in a reactive way later. It is, it's easier now to work with young people to get the monies in classrooms where it's needed so that young people can truly uh, be able to do the things that they need to do around the academic arena. And we got to do uh, we got to do right by our children. Yeah. And yeah. our children, again, truly are our future. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the I mean, you know, we're both obviously products from MPS as well. And, you know, I've Tech seen house. Yeah. High School <laughs> of the Arts. Uh, All right. You know, we've, we've seen stuff come and go. And yeah. And. There's always been kind of a reflection of some of the tougher racial dynamics that exist in the community in general. And one of those that plays out, it seems, generation after generation is that, though, first of all, um, the labor force, the teachers, don't always reflect the population that they're serving. Um, especially we have a lot of, you know, white, often suburban teachers that come into MPS that don't necessarily have the cultural competency or haven't had a life experience that really prepares them for what they're coming into and also makes them 
sometimes might have a higher turnover rate, other issues going on, and quite frankly, again, just not reflect on the population they're serving. Do you think that that's something that we need to address? And if so, what would you like to see in that regard? Well, you know, and I would say to you that uh, great quality teachers comes in all races, no matter, uh, uh, you know, but I will say to you, we want to make sure that our teacher core Mm -hmm. also reflect our student core as Mm -hmm. well of working with our young people. We want to make sure that, uh, because diversity is truly our strength Mm -hmm. in our district, and we want to make sure that we have a... um, a diverse workforce and we are doing things to support that we have a program that we call grow your own mm-hmm. uh, a uh, basically a, a teacher pathway a principal pathway to work with our staff to get them prepared and ready that reflects our total community our, our total our school population mm-hmm. and so we are working to do everything that we possibly can to support those efforts as well. Sure. So each sure. young person that done the doors of the Milwaukee Public Schools that will see individuals and can embrace with individuals that they can truly identify with. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think that, I mean, that as far as the pathway to principals, I think that's a great idea. Um, are there other things we could be doing to encouraging more uh, students of color or people of color in our community in general to become teachers and stay in Milwaukee and, and kind of give back uh, through education? Might Ab- be some initiatives you guys have now. Absolutely. We have an initiative right now at uh, uh, Pulaski High School okay. as well as James Madison Academic Campus where we're encouraging young people to sure. go into the profession. We are staying with them. We are encouraging them to stay into the profession. We are also, the other thing that we have to do is talk up the profession. This mm-hmm. is a noble a really profession. Good point. Very no good. one gets to where they are today yep. without a teacher. That's yep. right. And we got to encourage one. individuals to continue uh, to pursue education as a uh, pathway to a great future. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, it takes great people to teach. Yeah. And, and we got to push that. And we also have to tell those success stories. And also encourage one another along the way and talk about the great things and how teachers have impacted your life. And I could ask the question now, and you could go down a laundry list of great teachers that you have encountered throughout your career. So Mm -hmm. it starts with the teacher. So we got to encourage and we got to push uh, more young people Mm -hmm. into that profession. Yeah. I can go down the list. Mr. Cooper, Mr. Jackson. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And and uh, I think it's a really good point you make, and, and I think that uh, there has been in Wisconsin a big disregard and disrespect to teachers over mm-hmm. the last 10 years or so with Governor Walker in Act 10, and there was a overt campaign to really damage the reputations of teachers, especially through right-wing radio um, that was encouraging uh, a zeitgeist to build towards Act 10. Um, which before that, teachers used to be one of the more noble public service professions in our state, I think, and were respected a lot more. Yeah. But a lot of that hate kind of trickled down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. said, "Oh, you get you know all these three months off, and you're so lazy, and all you gotta do is be with kids, and it's you know you get paid all this money, and da da da." And there was just this yeah significant prolonged kind of PR attack on our teachers, and I think the psyche of our state is still damaged. So I love the idea of bringing some respect back and the nobility mm-hmm. of the profession being honored, but. Yeah. Uh, but I also like the idea of, of having a makeup that's more reflective of the population that they're serving as well. Sure. And I think one of the things I, that come to mind for me is the amount of not just watering down the value of 
teachers, but mm. the value of education True. as a whole. Um, you know, from some folks feeling like it's more expendable uh, and watering down resources uh, that you can pass on a school district mm-hmm. to be able to do the work that they need to do. Um, I've been on the education committee for uh, two sessions. Yep. And um, and you're on it again this session, right? Yep. On it again this session. Um, it has been interesting seeing uh, even like rural districts come to the state. Right. Come in front of our committees. Talk about how much uh, they cannot afford to... Uh, keep on certain staff uh, that are pretty much uh, important, very uh, integral to the uh, the resources and the things they need to be able to pass on to students. And uh, those same school districts still be told no or told, you know, it's okay, you'll get over it. Right. Um, or just kind of just turn a blind eye to the fact that, you know, we need to make these investments for the sake Absolutely. of our kids. And uh, there's, there has been this sentiment um, sometimes in Madison that, you know, it'll be okay. They'll, right. they'll, they can do without. Right. And I and I do think maybe maybe government has gone in that direction too, right? Yeah, the idea of you know you can do more with less, and then you're just doing less with less. <laughs> you know, that's not how math yeah. works. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, agreed. Yeah. And uh, get, what what do you see moving forward? Given your new role, obviously, it's it's uh, you're you're inheriting a lot of uh, challenges that came well before uh, you're in this position, but. Sure. Um, what what do you think is the emphasis that we should be focused on and what should MPS really expect over the next couple of years? Great question. And I walked in the door with five priorities for success. Mm. Five. Because if we do five things right, okay. we will truly be successful. And number one, increase academic achievement and accountability. Making sure, and that's where I went a laser focus around math, reading, and writing. Yeah, you go back to I'm the core. Fir- back to the core, mm-hmm. making sure children are mastering content areas before moving forward. Hmm. And once our young people have mastered those skills, get that strong foundation, they can do anything they desire. Yeah. Number two, improving district and school culture. Want to make sure that we have a con- uh, have a culture that's conducive to learning on a daily basis. Sure. Children are in school, ready to learn, mm-hmm. and know exactly what uh, what's going to take place and what's going to happen. Yeah. And also looking at and number three, developing our staff, mm. making sure that we're investing into our teachers mm-hmm. and our staff, our administrators, uh, and anyone that works for the Milwaukee Public Schools, making yeah. sure that they are able to have the opportunity to sharpen the saw around professional development, giving them the things that they need. Nice. And then number four is ensuring fiscal responsibility and transparency. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm proud to say today is 89 cents of every dollar last year was put into the classroom. That is truly where the rubber meets the road. Huh. And my goal for this upcoming school year and upcoming budget is 90 cents of every dollar the in the classroom. Because I believe if we can get small, gra- uh, small group dynamics in classrooms, sure. we are going to move the academic needle. And then the fifth and the final one is strength communication and collaboration with all key stakeholders. Thank you for this opportunity because it's going to take these top type of opportunities to tell our story, to talk about the great things that are happening yeah. within our district. And it's all about communication and collaboration because if we have a great public schools, we have a great Milwaukee and a great state of Wisconsin. Yeah. So we this is truly the lifeblood of this mm-hmm. community. And mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we are moving in the right direction. And if we can do those five things right the sky's the limit. You're going to see uh, data trending in the right direction. 
You're going mm-hmm. to see the individuals, the enrollment counts moving upward. And you're going to see uh, individuals looking to be a part because everyone wants to be a part of something great. And, and one of the things that we're doing, we're reading uh, Jim Collins' work around good to great. And we have a good school district, and we want to make it a great school district. And if we do, and if we follow these five priorities, it's going to get us exactly where we need to be. Yeah. Now, Good to Great is the book where he writes about the companies that exactly. were founded. That he, he talks about the ones that only aim to do good and usually don't last. The ones that aim to be great, and it was a, a big list of uh, discipline mm-hmm. things that they forced themselves to do to refine themselves so that they would always be on the cutting edge and they uh, were able to grow the most in the stock exchange. And one of the things that he talks about in his work is finding, getting the right people on the bus yep. and getting them in the right seat, yep. right? Yep. And then he talks about this whole thing around finding believers. Mm. And mm-hmm. I take it and I know it yeah. that the two of you are believers hmm. because you have a, a a diploma from the Milwaukee Public Schools. That we're very proud of. you know the great things that it has allowed for you to do. That's so, true. And yeah. we got to get believers and, and tell our story. Yeah. And you make believers. That's right. No, that that's uh, that's perfect sense. And actually, that's inspiring to hear that you guys are using that book. Um, you know, I think about, he, he also talks about getting the wrong people off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's, it is important to say, hey, it's okay. You don't have to be on this ride. We'd love to have you, right? But uh, uh, the place that we need you to fill um, and the role that we need you to be able to provide in the direction that we're going, only the people that, are, that believe need to be on this bus. And I, and, you know, I think of so many situations that have happened in our community where um, there has been a, a blaming type attitude and a... Uh, this thinking that like it's just all of the young people's fault and the right. family's fault and the teacher's fault and the district's fault right. and <laughs> and that there is no accountability on uh, the other folks that make up the community around around us. Um, right. Ironically, some of those non-believers have actually gone to the school district when they were supported the most, mm-hmm. benefited from. Mm-hmm. Uh, government budgets that put their dollars where their mouths were yep. um, and actually invested back into communities and families mm-hmm. and kids. Um, but then, you know, it, it does baffle me when those are some of the same individuals that uh, very much question if uh, young people are uh, worthy of the opportunities um, that can be afforded through our, our, our own dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like you cut off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I hear when I'm doing doors for different candidates uh, throughout the years is, especially on um, school board races, is, mm-hmm. well, I don't have any kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just like not supposed to care. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't have any kids. So it doesn't affect me. I don't have yeah. any kids. So I don't care. But. Of course, what's good for everyone is good for everyone, and sure. what hurts some hurts everyone. And yeah. the idea that uh, you know, mo- I mean, and I'll say something. I remember, I remember when the voucher program started. I remember when vouchers started in Milwaukee because I, you know, I was living through. We were living through it, and I remember one of the promises made was, "Well, we're going to really, you know, MPS is a terrible system." They had all these really kind of bad propaganda against MPS, terrible system, da da da, and we're going to get these kids these amazing scores and great, you know, this and that and da da da. Um, 
there's also a charter movement around the same time yeah. or you know within the same time period or so and we saw these things happen over and over and over for example your life skills academies or whatever where you had these thieves kind of take the money and run and really leave the kids out in the dirt and then you had like these schools that tried but they didn't you know failed and overall what we've seen over the 27 or so year experiment of the the vouchers was that they are not outperforming their public school counterparts the kids who get the vouchers take the money from mps go to these private schools are not actually outperforming their public school counterparts you have to ask well why would that be? They're in these great schools, supposedly it's all this money, you know, in mm. private schools and blah, blah. Well, what it is is that, and what I hear from a lot of the voucher advocates and even from some of the different charter school advocates who I've talked with, it's like, yeah, it's a really tough time teaching these MPS kids. Why? Well, because they have these severe poverty issues they're dealing with and it bleeds into everything else. Duh, of course. And mm. guess what? MPS isn't you know, that, that's what everyone's dealing with. You're not unique. In fact, we have much higher poverty rates in a lot of these cases. So, yes, of course, that's the deal. That's what you're talking yeah. about. And MPS doesn't have the opportunity to pick and choose really who's coming through the doors. They're legally obligated to serve all the children. And there is a really specialized teacher force that's been strained, that's been underpaid, overworked, that's been put in a tough position. Mm. But they've in a lot of cases developed uh, a good kind of working relationship given what they have, which is uh, a really untenable, unsustainable situation with the violence of severe severe poverty that's visited upon their students and that really hurts, you know, and it's about nutrition, it's about asthma rates, it's about environmental factors and everything else, but it really hurts their students' opportunity to grow and thrive. But under those circumstances, they do really well considering but no one wants to consider that no one wants to take the holistic kind of approach to it and look at everything going on and say oh that's a failing school those kids are doing well and i just want to know from your perspective why uh why you think it is that we isolate just this one little mode of education when it's like if i uh, you know if you looked at this in the appropriate manner what does the student's day look like from start to finish mm-hmm. and on the weekends mm-hmm you'd say, oh, wow, like, that's a lot of challenges, and we all bear responsibility. This all isn't on your teacher. I mean, there's responsibility for everyone, including the teachers, but it's for everyone. You know, why do you think it is that we isolate that and just look at one little narrow path and and put all the blame there? I'll start by saying that we are honored to serve all children and proudly say that we serve all children that Mm -hmm. come to the doors of the Milwaukee Public Schools. Not everyone getting that money can say that. But uh, (laughs) that is something that we pride ourselves in doing. And and we work from the time we get there Mm -hmm. until we go home. And sometimes sometimes evenings and weekends to make sure that children receive what they need in the line of a proper uh, education. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, and... And I can continue to just go on with the idea of, of, you know, we look for an opportunity and looking at each individual as an individual child and their academic needs. Mm -hmm. And how do we fill those gaps by placing safety nets around them so that they will be successful? Mm -hmm. So we look at all of those, all of those as opportunities to succeed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, that's, 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 that's the tough part, though, especially when we've had resources diminishing, classroom sizes increasing, the number of, quote-unquote, 
you know, special needs students, including emotional, you know, emotional across the spectrum, the high functioning, low functioning, et cetera, that as these resources diminish, there's only so many hours in the day. And some students take up more, need more attention, need more special love, need more attention than, than other students. When you mm-hmm. get sometimes a critical mass of students in one classroom, when you have increasing classroom sizes, everyone shows up, there might not even be enough chairs for everyone. Yeah. If everyone they all up. have their own needs. Exactly. They all have their own needs. You only got, you know, a certain amount of teachers, a certain amount of hours in the day. And compounded with the fact that students may not be able to afford even hygiene price, deodorant, toothpaste, stuff like that, or um, they might not be getting their needs met nutritionally. You know, right. I remember right. coming up, I thought it was strange. A lot of my classmates' breakfast was, was you know, Coke and Flamin' Hots. And that was weird to me at like, whatever, six years or, I don't know, eight years old or whenever I realized okay. that. When I'm getting oatmeal and orange juice, you know what I'm saying? So, uh yeah, I mean... Well, thank God for the trail mix that we got in the morning. Right, right. <laughs> that, was, and, that, was, that was a regular for me. Although, I'll, I'll never forget the day I learned what mock chicken leg meant. I'll never, when I learned mock, the word mock, <laughs> fake chicken leg, I was like, I was so salty. It's a staple. It's a staple. I still will not get in over public that. public school education. MP- I love it. I think that's an MPS-specific <laughs> thing. I think that's oh, unique to us. Was it? Yeah. Are you sure? I thought... I other school doesn't... No one else knows what I'm talking about when I say it outside well, here. Well, they probably didn't call it that. Yeah, right. Yeah, we call bubblers... True. We call water fountains bubblers. So true, maybe, true. <laughs> maybe it's a Wisconsin <laughs> thing. Um, let me also ask you this, Dr. Posley. Um, you know, as you think about uh, the resources that it takes uh, to educate our children, um, you know, we were talking about this sentiment that, you know, sometimes they, they can do without. They can do without. They're okay. They don't need that much, <laughs> that much money. <laughs> um, you know, so what? Special education funding hasn't right. gone up. Uh, and been increased over the last decade. Um, you know, there are folks that are very much confident in claiming that uh, these resources might not be needed. What do you say to convince folks like, hey, we have real needs that we cannot fulfill right now, and if we had those resources, you know, it just goes back to this argument of, um, you know, do we really need to invest in education or are they just like living on budgets that are just so big that they can cut <laughs> it on their own and they'll be fine? We must invest in our children and yeah. our children need every dollar of it. Yeah. And I will truly say to you that because, you know, one of the things you talk about is uh, when it all boils down, it boils down to the teacher. And I cannot say enough great things about all of the great teachers in the Milwaukee Public Schools. And we talk about my goal priority to de- develop our staff. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, things have changed in uh, in the education arena. You know, we got uh, young people that's walking in that n- need more. Their uh, needs are greater. Oh, yeah. And we have to be able to provide and meet those needs. And, you know, we're looking at, we're dealing with children that uh, may be facing poverty. We're dealing with children that may be facing some type of traumatic experience that they have come into. Mm-hmm. Um we are dealing with uh, family, uh, young people that are, may even be homeless. Mm-hmm. Right. So all of those things play into the day-to-day operation oh, of yeah. a school and the monies that it needs in oh, yeah. order to move forward. Uh, in order to, and I always talk about individual education plans for each one of our students. Yeah. And if we go individually for each one of our students, it may cost more mm-hmm. for me than it will for you. But at the end of the day, we want our children to receive that education that's 
uh, so well needed. Well, it's way cheaper than not doing it. That's for sure. Yeah, IEPs all around. Let's go. I I think, uh, you know, one, one striking example of the misplaced priorities is that we can find overnight for one big company that's going to give tons of campaign contributions to a political gubernatorial candidate, we can find them $4.5 billion taxpayer dollars to give to that company over there. Why? Well, because they're richer than everyone else. It's not like we give every single private business in Wisconsin a subsidy of $300,000 per job that they create. That's unique to this one. Why? Because they're they're richer, because they can give more money out, because they can buy off politicians. So they're getting paid we're getting played, whereas if we really want to make an impact on the state, what if we said we're not going to have any classrooms in, in Milwaukee in public schools that have more than 18 students per teacher? Sure. Or what if we're going to say we're not going to have any parent that wants a job making less than $40,000? We can fix every pothole in our community. We can hire mm-hmm. more teachers. We can do all sorts of stuff and have that money recirculating as opposed to flying somewhere off to the Cayman Islands. But we have the money. We found $4.5 billion overnight for one company to subsidize them. Why? Just because they gave some politician some campaign contributions or made some promises or whatever went down. But we choose not to prioritize our education that way. We don't look at it. In fact, we got people fighting for scraps, begging to barely get their needs met. And that's not living. If someone puts their hand around your throat and they're choking you and you can't breathe and you peel one finger off and you get a breath and that's not living. You know what I'm saying? You might not be dead, but it's not living. You know what I'm saying? Right. I agree. Yeah. Can we talk about poverty and like some of the initiatives that MPS might have right now that are uh, getting at the root of um, our families uh, that might not have the means, but I know you guys are working on a number of different angles to alleviate those pressures uh, so that uh, academic success and those young people uh, isn't isn't failing. I know a number of social uh, uh, the uh, what do you call the uh, the folks in every school social, social workers social workers yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah 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 so they're on the front lines um, and uh, you also have the the psychologists right. and um, a number of the the other uh, staff that yep. are making up the counselors that are making up these support staff. Can we talk about it a, a little yeah. bit? One of the things that jump out at me, we're mm-hmm. doing a number of different things as a district, but one of the ones that near and dear to my heart is the five three two zero six initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what we have done there in the five three two zero six initiative is that we have reorganized schools in that area. We have uh, gone to K-5 schools, mm. have a couple K-8 schools, have a tr- one true middle school, which is Andrew Douglas, okay. and then a flagship high school, which is North Division High School. That's right. And, you know, uh, when we look at that zip code, mm-hmm. that is the poor zip code in the state. Mm-hmm. And so what we are doing around that particular piece is to bring life back to that community mm-hmm. and bring hope back to that community. There are great people who grew up in 53206, showing our young people those Mandela examples Barnes. of those great individuals that grew Governor. up there. Yeah. And then taking um, the community and embracing that community, sure. bringing in groups to work with the community. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to try to turn it into a lighted schoolhouse model. That's where by day we're working with young people, okay. but in a, a uh, continuation of the family in the afternoon where they can go there Absolutely. for uh, skills and, and do a number of different things, you know, and nice. work with work in the different labs that we have there, sure. work on job resumes and Absolutely. things of this nature, sure. but also building a sense of community, working with the state, working with the county, 
working with city government around uh, block grants and bringing individuals in to build that community and have interest. And if we can change that zip code, we'll be able to change every single zip code Mm -hmm. in this wonderful city. But the idea of making sure that we meet the needs of our young people. Mm. Also, what we have there is uh, I've set aside uh, dollars for trauma-informed care Mm -hmm. specialists Mm -hmm. to meet and work with young people Mm -hmm. to get them where they need to be, to let them get them focused back into the classroom so we can get their focus going, have a mobile team that is going to be going from school to school. But there's a number of different things and trying to bring in... Uh, looking at home ownership mm-hmm. in those areas as well, sure. getting people to get into home ownership and that's working huge. with their young people. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we're trying to do housing that. stability. That's what you're getting. Exactly. At. And yeah. also looking at this thing around this lighted schoolhouse model is going to be helping with employment. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if we got families that are working. They are going to be, uh, you know, working 100%. also with their young people 100%. as well. Yeah. So we want to just we want to build that sense of of what we want to see and we know that our young people can deliver and will deliver in those areas and also making sure his safe passages in those areas Mm -hmm. uh because of crime and making sure that young people are uh, making it to school every day attendance and making sure children are uh getting the meals that's needed you know we're looking at being able to provide breakfast, lunch, and then also looking at mm-hmm. the basically fast programs and, yeah. and programs that offer uh, meals in the afternoon, yeah. you know, through recreation and mm-hmm. uh, just trying to do everything that we possibly can to meet the needs of that area. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I, um, yeah, I mean that was when we when we were at Bayview. You know, it was around a meals program. We we're talking about their culinary, uh, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's always so weird to me when I think about that stuff. It's the micro and the macro. On the one hand, I'm very glad it exists because it's meeting an immediate need in the community. In fact, I was just talking uh, not too long ago with the principal of our Cass Street School, which I used to live right across the street from. Although now I moved a little further north, but it was, you know, and I was asked to do the meals program there and talk with those folks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, on the one hand, it's really good. People are getting fed. They're hungry, they're getting fed, and they're getting nutritious meals, and it's great. On the other hand, it's kind of like, well, why don't we just pay the parents enough to feed them? Like, why is it that you got to go all the way sometimes across town to this other building and go with these people who aren't your family and, like, go, like, why is there the need for that in the first place? Does that make sense? As a society, does that make sense? And why are we... Why do we have to have these stop gaps in place? Well, because we're not taking care of people at the base, so we have to, you know, people got to get fed. We got to figure it out. And I, I think that there needs to be, as a society, and this is, again, more holistic than just the education system, but we have to look at interrupting these cycles of hunger and, and why they exist and how to get to that so that we can end all the meals program. We really shouldn't have them. You know, the meals program should be your parents are paid. Like, that's my meals program. Make sure everyone's getting paid and everyone's got a healthy, you know, community to exist in. Um, and that's not just my vendetta against mock chicken leg. It's a whole different thing. That's just for lunch. And I just want to add that you could purchase mock chicken legs at Syndix. I know. They say, and, Can and, you? And, and they got that pizza here. now over at, uh, what's, at, Tran- at um, Bounce. Now they got that mock right, chicken leg it. pizza. We're having, we're having a session and, a, and an event Bro. at Syndix. That's <laughs> it. 
Um, and and uh, with hors d'oeuvres and people that pass around little samples. Oh That'd man. be good, actually. Well, uh, <laughs> and and I did want to. I I also just kind of wanted to uh, talk about one of the piece of legislation I'm, I'm working on with. Uh, well, I'm, we're in the early phase, but I believe myself and Representative Cabrera are going to be uh, moving forward with something soon. It's like you look at MPS and you look at the dollars per student. And then you just look a little bit to the south, a little bit to the north, some of these other areas. It's like, if you actually look at it, it's based off property taxes. Now, what sense does that make? You get born in a certain area, and you get a certain amount of money because of it, because that's your property tax, and that's how it is in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Or you can afford to live in a certain area. Well, you, you're just getting born After there. you're born. Right. You're, it's your not even moves. your choice. Yeah. Or you have any decision. You're just, you're just put in this situation, right? Mm -hmm. And or, right, or the family's living there, whatever. Mm -hmm. And... You know, you go a little bit north, you know, we got Mequon just north of here, right? Or we got, you know, you, you got Nicolay. You know how much Nicolay is getting for their student? Have you seen their facilities? You know what their gym looks like? You know what their pool looks like? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So is it that we are, as a capitalist society, capitalism, money, you know, it's where your values are, your budget, your priorities. So are we saying that certain people, because of the situations they were born into, are more valued in our society, or certain people are less valued in our society, and, and I, I mean that in the literal sense, valued, you know, what their value is, how much they're worth, as far as what money we're being spent on for education purposes. Why is that? And I'm going to be working on, an, you know, something that will bring us up to that level where we can say, no matter where you're born, you should be valued as much as anyone else, because it's just how it should be. Um, but well, it sounds like uh, Governor Ebers wants to implement some more equity into mm -hmm. the education part of the budget mm -hmm. since uh, on a previous leadership, it's more so been under uh, property taxes. Mm -hmm. So you would supplement state resources to R give more equity across the board. Right. And there was some there, and there was some good advice in the Blue Ribbon Commission on education. There was mm -hmm. some, some good examples in there as well. Um, and we'll see how the budget yeah. process goes. Would uh, you do away with uh, like a property tax based system? I think ultimately we should. Okay. Uh, yes. And I think it doesn't, you know, there's lots of other successful systems across the country that don't have it that way. And I don't, I don't really understand why, why do you know, what the rationale behind us is. But is a, in the short term, I think we need to at least bring, especially, you know, a system like MPS that has neighbors to the north that are wildly different, you know, spending levels, at least up to their level for now. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, you know, it looks like you got some thoughts I, to share. I, I totally agree. And whatever funding, uh, funding flaws that are, right. that exist, we need to address. Mm -hmm. And I leave that to the two experts here <laughs> <laughs> to take leave care to of that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but our, our young people mm -hmm. deserve the same. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And um, even if they get born this place or that place. Correct. Sure. No matter what zip code you may bo be right. born into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, one one thing I, I would like to know is if, if you're reaching out to uh, our listeners or young families or anyone else. Um, sorry, let me take a step back. So my district is, you know, re again, Milwaukee, very sacred. I have a very white district. I go down to Bayview and then up to the east side uh, through, like, downtown, Third Ward a little bit and a little bit of River West. And part of my district has Bayview High School in it. You know, Bayview, mm -hmm. we're just over there. And when I was initially running for office, you know, some years back, my first time, and I remember being in Bayview area a bunch and people saying, well, you know, basically, like, it's kind of like liberal white people that have this kind of coded language for, like, 
you know, for, for black students, but it was like, you know, we, you know, I can't exactly what the language was, but something like, uh, well, the, you know, we, you know, it's too many bust kids or something like that. It's something of that nature. Mm, Basically, okay. we, you know, cause kids go to, you know, different school. Gotcha. So, um, so they're saying, well, we, you know, I wish I had a good school or, you know, a good feeder system where I could have my kid go to middle school and then go to high school here and da-da. But, you know, I, you know, I want you as, you know, if I'm running for your legislature, they tell me I want you to work on, you know, getting us better school so I don't have to send my kid to private school or send him across to the suburbs, da-da-da. Like, what are you talking about? You got Bayview High School in the neighborhood. Like, yeah, but, you know, da-da-da. Basically implying it's too many black kids there from other parts of the city. I mean, they didn't say it exactly, but that was the implication of their words. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And... I had an experience like that when I was over at Hartford or over, you know, most, you know, I, I mean, they're all, you know, majority African-American schools, of course, but at, at Hartford, that was my neighborhood school. And we had kids from all over the city, Boston at the time. And, uh, you know, there was this experience that I had that I think was very rich and very helpful for me personally. And yeah, I mean, there was quote unquote extreme, you know, poverty situations and some violence and blah, blah, whatever. But, my parents were really involved. They were, and I was very blessed. We had, you know, a great situation growing up, stuff like that. But, um, but their reaction was very different. They said, we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't say, you go, we're going to go to the suburbs and go somewhere else with different demographics or pay for this private school, you know, for you to go over there for elementary school, whatever the other, you know, ideas were in it. And I, I would have these relations, these conversations with people on the doors and the misperceptions and the racism, and this is among, this isn't like your Waukesha, we hate Milwaukee, da da da, sort of, you know, people that you generally think. This is like, you know, middle class, young, white families that are liberal and vote Democratic and stuff like this. Still in the city. Oh, yeah, still, mm-hmm. still in the city, yeah, mm-hmm. on the south side, but, you know, it's like there's this, just this really bad racial dynamics playing out when I would challenge them on it. People never heard that stuff before, and they would, and they never got challenged on that. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's just normally how people think of it, especially not coming from Milwaukee. Um, what do you think are some ways we can start addressing these racial issues head on? And uh, do you think that this is kind of unique to that area that I was experiencing, that, that conversation, that anecdotal? Do you think that expresses itself in other parts of the city? I think it expresses itself in other parts of the city. Diversity is our strength. And I just met with a group of young people at mm. Pulaski High School this okay. past Friday. Okay. Student voice is something that I do. Mm. And that's one of the things that they talk to me about. And, and it's, awesome it's the idea and just yeah, thinking spoken from the mouths of babes. Mm-hmm. And they were saying to me, said, hey, how do we address this mm. as young people? And 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 I and. I lean in a little closer because mm-hmm. this is something that we are dealing with as a city, sure. as a state, as a the United States. Absolutely, with. Yeah. and and we got to find ways mm-hmm. to uh, to burn down those firewalls mm-hmm. that exist mm-hmm. between races, mm-hmm. yeah. and we got to do because they we are greater together, yeah. mm-hmm. and working together, and and sharing together, and. The opportunities for that is rich. Yeah. And and the more we can have wonderful, diverse opportunities, the better the learning will be mm-hmm. around uh, each other's culture. Absolutely. Sure. And being culturally responsive. And that's one of the things that we are working with, with our mm-hmm. staff, with our teachers, administrators, yeah. and everyone that works with the Milwaukee Public Schools is being totally culturally responsive yeah. Absolutely. and for the, to the needs of our young people. And I think there is work that we have to do. It's going to take all of us 
sure. putting our heads together, coming up with some of those brilliant ideas that's going to make a, uh, a difference for this city mm-hmm. and this nation. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into that, too, because, you know, as you talk about the uh, the misperceptions that can fuel um, even um, difference in outcomes as we talk about oh, yeah. the connection from the school to prison pipeline. And uh, it may be interpreted that a young person is misbehaving or, um, you know, not doing something they're supposed to do. And they end up getting disciplined for that more on occasion than a white student normally would. Can you talk about some of the things that MPS is doing around reversing uh, the amount of uh, suspension rates, expulsion rates, expulsions? Yeah, because we all know that those those are the things that push young people out of school and they end up in the streets. And and it's often white teachers doing it. Yeah. And one of the things that we have been able to do is have listening and listening sessions with our communities, with sure. our young people, as sure. well as the uh, parents uh, in our community. Mm. Uh, we have brought groups of individuals together and we have redesigned our students uh, uh, discipline handbook, rights mm. and responsibilities handbook. OK. And to take out some of the subjective language that mm. we had there oh. to make sure and mm-hmm. also to look at. Uh, various tools that we could use before we get to the stage of a suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically alternatives to suspensions. Right. Being able to talk, right. being able to go and talk with a trusted friend or a trusted colleague other than uh, just directly to suspension. So we're looking at those kinds of things. And That's also having our young people kind of talk about uh you know, how we can address this. We have had, starting this year, our first set of youth summits. Mm-hmm. And we have oh, yeah. another youth summit coming up uh, very soon where they will be making some uh, information, getting it prepared and back uh, to the Milwaukee Board of School Directors to kind of talk about some of the things that we want to do around that particular piece. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that we have to, that we have done is that we have faced this issue head on. And we're looking at ways and looking at this as a learning opportunity in situations where we would have been referring a child to the office. We have a number of Mm. different options that one can use in order to uh, before going to that particular level. And then and and having a child to look at what he or she's uh, uh, their discipline piece look like and what what how they can self-correct. And things of that magnitude. Gotcha. We have restorative justice and restorative circles. Mm-hmm. So we've placed a number of different things, uh, mediation groups and those kinds of things to uh, repair breach, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. and those kinds of things. That's awesome. And one of the things, so we are, we have like four minutes left and uh, we could go on to two Man, hours with seriously. you, maybe three. Appreciate you. Um, but we can't take that much of your time. And um, can you highlight some of the partnerships? Who gets an award on being there for MPS right now um, in the community um, who gets an award in the uh, corporate uh, community for uh, their support for the school district right now. So you want to get me in trouble. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just want help to us say, understand truly, who, who's there. The overall community has been there. That's good. And That's I good. can truly say that the local politicians have really embraced the work that we've done mm-hmm. from the state office to the county exec's office to the mayor's office. Yeah. All those individuals are there. We have had uh, we have a host of business partners that have okay. braced us. Uh, the private sector have braced us. The 
corporate uh, sector have embraced us. Sure. Uh, the church, the local church establishments, yep. the faith-based faith based uh, communities yeah, okay. have embraced us, and the list goes on. Nice. Yes. And yeah. there are so many individuals that just have uh, been an outpouring of love and support for the Milwaukee Public Schools. Mm-hmm. And for those individuals that have not had that opportunity, I encourage. Absolutely. Each of the your listening audience to come in to one of our 160 schools, yeah, and just take a day to spend some yep. time with our young people. Yep. We have a host of volunteers on a daily basis, so I'm giving our whole entire community a truly a shout nice. out nice. for the support that they have put around our young people, the safety nets yeah. that are in place to make awesome. sure that our young people are successful. Yeah, but of course, we could we could receive more. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have, uh, you know, and I'm thinking about the Milwaukee Bucks that have yeah. embraced us. Yep. Just so many individuals in mm-hmm. my mind just float out to all of these different groups that have just been there That's good. and championed yeah. for I, children. I, I felt like that always wasn't the case. Many like hands Some, some superintendents before you yeah. were kind of begging for yeah. that, those type of partnerships and they, they weren't flowing. Yeah. But we need more. Yeah. Bring me more. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I got to ask one really important Squeeze question before we get out of here, which is, have you seen us yet? Uh, yes. You have. You saw the movie? No? The movie. Us, yes. The movie. I'm, 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 He's like, uh, you caught him at the end of the work. Like, he's like, yes, I see let, you. Let, let me say that. <laughs> not, not us. The Milwaukee it's Public Schools is a seven-day-a-week job for me. And well, one I of those nights you got to get out, I'm telling you. But I will God put that on It's a game changer. Matter of fact, it God might bless your be, family because they are, they are. It might should be required <laughs> they're sharing viewing. you with the whole city and the yeah. whole district. Yeah, it might should be required viewing. So it's on my list, okay. and I'll make sure it happens. The well, next I time I see you, I'll be able to tell you about it. You guys can see it together, but I'm telling you, it's a game changer. But we appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thanks for Dr. joining Posley, us. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for you. all you do. Yeah. And we'll um, have to do this again. Yep. We'll go deeper. We'll go deep. We'll talk about some of those partners. Um, <laughs> I, I think they are they are there, um, carrying, um, carrying the, the 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 hard work along with them of uh, making sure that we can support our young people. Absolutely. And um, and with the last twenty seconds, we want yeah. to remind you that we have an election April second. April second. Who to vote for? But make sure you get out and vote April second. One 2nd. more week. Next week. Come on, guys. Don't forget. Yep. Eight days away. Big shouts out to your staff helping to make this happen. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. And uh, as we always say, this is State Rep and we out. We out. <laughs>